You're listening to Radio Tab's Mobile Rolling. Presented by Garrard's Horse and Hound. Making shopping easier with their online store. The same extensive catalogue, the same keen prices online or over the phone. one 800 060-896 or visit Yeah, Chris Barsby is about to join us this morning on Mobile Rolling, of course, thanks to Garrard's Horse and Ham. Last weekend, of course, in Victoria, last Friday night it was raining. Uh, but this mare was certainly one of the highlights of the whole program. Seven, she went down the back treachery. Ladies in red won't go away. Doug's Babe is sprint laning through. Doug's Babe coming at treachery and ladies in red. Great go. Ding dong tussle. Ladies in red and Doug's Babe. They'll hit it together. Ladies in red. Ladies in red is narrowly won from Doug's Babe. It's amazing when you watch some of those good horses, Chris, last weekend. They both won basically in the last stride or two. Leap to fame. Same with ladies in red there. You can't buy class, can you? Or can't beat class. Yeah, exactly right, Steve. Good morning to you. Good morning, everyone. Uh, she was just so good again there last week, ladies in red, just getting that job done. Uh, this is going to be a good challenge again this weekend when she steps out in the Group 1 Queen of the Pacific. Uh, she's got to overcome a second-row draw. David Moran sticking with the mare. He was down for Honolulu Bay in the Lensmith Mile. He's opting to stay in Melbourne and drive the star mare. And he comes, or she comes up against the uh, the Sydney mare that's in super form, Brave You Kelly for Jack Trainer. Anthony Butt will take the drive with Jack having several commitments at that Bigman Angle meeting on Saturday night as well. But uh, this is going to be a good race here. Brave You Kelly's in super form. Sub-50 mile victory there last week. And just an update on some of the better mares going around in the Southern Hemisphere. Jack Trainer, who had Group 1 glory with Town Echo uh, in the Golden Girl during the Tab Constellations here back in July at Albion Park. She's now been retired. She goes back to New Zealand where she'll be uh, put to stud. And Stylish Memphis, uh, who raced on Monday at Ashburton, she's a dual group one winner of the Ladyship Mile. She's going to be covered this weekend by star sire Captain Treacherous. She's going to race during Cup Week. She'll have the uh, the big race in Auckland, the uh, the Queen of the Hearts, and then she'll come back to Australia for a couple of runs before obviously going into retirement. So a uh, bit of news there on some of those star mares, but looking forward to this big race on Saturday night. Ladies in red up against the star Sydney Mayor, Brave You Kelly. Jack Butler's with us, Chris. Jack, good morning. Morning, Chris. Uh, heaps to talk to you about, and I want to start with Danger Zone. Were you pleased to see him back in the winner's circle earlier in the week? Yeah, it was. He's um, he sort of been going pretty good down there with no luck, and, um, yeah, it was good to see him win, mate. He's, um, he's a lovely horse. We, we love him, and, um, yeah, he's on his way home now, so, yeah, that's the end of his run down there. Okay, well, I was going to ask, future plans, what are we looking at? Because you've got that Q-bread race up here during the carnival. Is that a, a, a likely option, or are you looking at putting him in the paddock? Yeah, no, I, I looked at all that the other night. I, I, I'm going to just let him tell me, Chris, see how he travels back up. He's um, He got back to Bathurst um, after Wagga, and um, Steve and that were really happy with the way he like, come through that trip, and so he sort of narrowed the trip down a little bit. Um, so he's home over the weekend, so we'll just monitor. But yeah, I'm yeah definitely looking at it for sure. What what are you looking at as far as opposition is concerned then for that Q-bred feature? It's about thirty thousand dollars worth that race, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. No, um, oh, you know Trent Dawson's fella tried really good on the weekend and on Tuesday, sorry. And then um, I'm not sure if Teddy Disco come back for that or not. I don't know where he's at or like after this weekend. But um, there's still some nice nice three rows going around. That's for sure. Okay, so it will be tough uh, no matter what uh, lines up in that race. After that, uh, you want to give him a good break. What's the main target for Danger Zone as a four-year-old? Yeah, 
uh, just hope he comes back bigger and stronger, really. Um, he's still a pretty big lean fella, and um, he's still got a lot of filling out to do. So hopefully this, you know, we've had a good spring up here and things like that, so we can go out and have a real good blow and um, hopefully, yeah, just build up and and then sort of, yeah, hopefully he can step up a little bit more and you know, I suppose hopefully we can make plans then. Mm. Is it possible, though, that he could get bigger and stronger with that time away? Because as you said, he's always been lean and a little lanky. So once he develops and fills into that frame, could he get a little bit better than what he is already? Um, I, I, I think like he's got really good high speed. I think like you should never lose that. I hope, but um, he probably you know showed in the derbies and things like that. He, he's he's you know he's probably a miler. You know would be his best distance, and you know, his 2100 is not too bad. But then, when they st- stepped up over the, the the bigger trips, he I, I felt he probably just found wanting a little bit. Um, that's that's sort of what I'm hoping he can do, and if he can do that, well, I suppose that's what makes really good horses. Mm. Do do we treat this current crop of three year olds a little unfairly, given how strong it is? When we've got Leap to Fame, who's a triple Derby winner and, and a, a very good chance of winning another Group One feature on the weekend, and then you sort of go down through that list, it, it's very strong. In particular here in Queensland, there's Danger Zone, there's Teddy Disco, there's Speak the Truth, there's Bangkok DJ, there's Future Assured, there's a number of others as well. Is it a little bit harsh to treat these other horses compared to what we've got, who sits number one in Leap to Fame? Um, he, he just, he's just a standout, I think. Um, he's just a freak. And, um, he's got all, he's got it all. He's got the speed, he's got the, the, the toughness and, um, yeah, he's just a super horse. Um, and, but don't get me wrong, they've got a beautiful bunch of three-year-old Qbreds up here ourselves that, uh, you know, acquitted themselves really well against Leap to Fame. And, um, you know, but he just sort of seems to have the wood on us a little bit. But, yeah, look, we, we've got some nice three-year-olds, that's for sure. Okay. Speaking of nice horses in your stable right now, I'm keen to find out what plans are in place for So Extra. This former Victorian, he's two for two. He scored first up at Reckliff. Really impressive. And then he was super strong there on Tuesday afternoon. Summer Carnival features coming up. Uh, any sort of plans for So Extra? Um, uh, there's a $20,000 quality on, I think, on the 5th. Um, he'll be sort of targeted for that first. And then just going to let him tell us where he's at. Um, I, I do really like the horse. I, I think he's um, above average, that's for sure. And, uh, yeah, we just get, let him sort of tell us what, where, where he's at and after that run and, and give us a good guy too up against some probably a bit more stronger opposition. Okay, the thing that stands out with him in those two victories is his versatility. Come from behind, win first up at Rarecliffe, and then he was really strong there on Tuesday. So that gives you a good hope going forward as he rises in grade. Yeah, he's um he's quite a big horse, and uh, just to see that speed he showed even at Redcliffe, and he didn't handle the track at all, and um, just to hit the line like he did, which they don't, you know, coming that wide, hanging and doing what he was done, doing everything wrong he could, and um, still to hit the line like that, yeah, that was that was pretty cool. Yeah. All right. Well, we look forward to seeing him in the next couple of weeks. Targaryen was at the trials. He won that trial on Tuesday. Went good time. Is the peak of the creek with the heats next week a likely target for him? Yeah, yeah. That's That's been on the radar for a little bit now. And, um, that's yeah, that's definitely where he's going. Um, and, yeah, hopefully we can... Admittedly, we're probably not going to draw real good in the heats, but, you know, you've got to run time to get your barrier draw. So, hopefully they... And go a bit hard, and that hopefully bring him into it. Okay, were you happy with the trial on Tuesday? 
Yeah, very, very. He, he needed it. Um, that's why we sort of gave him a really good hit out. I think it's about ten days till the till that heat, and um, yeah, he uh, had, he blew up a little bit. So yeah, he, he'll take big benefit out of that trial. Okay. You look back at last year, the inaugural edition of the Peak of the Creek, we had a couple of standouts like Uncle Shank and that Mayor Mallorca who ended up in North America. There doesn't seem to be any standout at this point in time for the Peak of the Creek. Do you agree with that? Yeah, I, I do. I do agree with that. But you know what it's like. Yeah, once the heat start coming out, they come out of the woodwork. So, yeah. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, like, to, so, yeah, I know what you're saying. Like, um, yeah, just to really think about it now, and there's nothing really... That, that sort of comes to mind, yeah. A mm. uh, couple of open class features are programmed during the carnival. Uh, what have we got? Where's Deus Ex? Yeah, he's probably about a fortnight off having a trial. I, I, I sort of a little bit behind with him, but um, yeah, we're sort of he's come along really well. He um, looks terrific and uh, he's working really good. So yeah, about a fortnight off a trial, Chris. Okay. As it stands right now, Jack, you're the leading trainer in Queensland. I think you've got four or five win lead over Chantel Turpin. We're coming into the final two months of the season. Do you hang on and take the state trainer's title? Uh, I think I'm running out of firepower, Chris, to be honest. But, um, <laughs> yeah, well, we're going we're gonna to give it a good crack anyway. But uh, Pete and Chantel, they're, um, they're flying too at the moment and um, got a really nice team. And, yeah, I, I sort of knew this month would be a bit quiet for me, but... Um, yeah, look, we're just going to just do it head down, backside up and do our best and just see what happens. It's going to be a good battle, though, over the next two months. That's going to be a real little uh, battle within its own battle there. Who comes out on top? Yeah, yeah, look, it's, um, you know, it would it, be a good feat to have against your name. But, um, yeah, well, like I said, it, it would be great, yeah. Are you happy with the numbers that you've put up already this season? Yeah, yeah, I am. It's um, it's been a good season for us, and um, yeah, like um, obviously the longest season now helps with, with your tally. But um, yeah, no, I, I, I couldn't be happier with the way the season's gone, to be honest. All right, you've got a number of runners starting across the weekend: Friday night, Saturday night. Give us one for our listeners that you're keen on. Um, I think my best bet of the weekend's humble lad. Humble lad, we'll take that. That's tomorrow night. Yeah. Righto. We'll put a big circle around him. Jack, as always, really appreciate the time. Uh, looking forward to seeing you across the weekend at the track and uh, good luck with that battle over the next two months with the trainer's title. Uh, thanks, Chris. Thanks for having me, mate. There's Jack Butler joining us, Steve. So that's mm. going to be a battle within its own battle, that uh, two leading stables. I think there's only four or five wins difference, so it's going to be right down to the wire stuff. What sort of price one of that horse will be? Uh, tomorrow night, mm. Humble Lad? Mm. Yeah, I'm not sure. It's the last race, so you'll be in bed by then. Well, I'm truly, yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Luke Whitaker is with us. Well, Luke Whitaker joins us. Group 1 winning driver, Luke Whitaker. Of course, during the Tab Constellations back in July, he was able to score that feature race victory with Wee Man Trouble. And he's picked up a really good drive on Saturday night in the open because he's driving the former New Zealand Cup winner, Cruz Bramack, in the open. He joins us now. Luke, appreciate the time. How you going, Chris? Really well, really well. This is a good opportunity for you on Saturday night. Yeah, it's a, it's a massive opportunity, uh, as you know, Chris, and uh, I can't thank Shannon and the owners enough for giving me the opportunity to drive uh, such a wonderful horse. Were you surprised that Adam didn't stick with Cruz Bramack and he, he's opted for Cardles from heaven? 
Um, well, I didn't really know what the go was there, but I was just uh, got rung up by Shannon last night and said you were driving um, Tommy on Saturday. So I was a little bit shocked, but um, I'm really grateful for the opportunity. I've just been told Adam's uh, appeal against that three-week suspension, the paperwork uh, has gone through and he hasn't been granted a, a stay. So it is now Adam Richardson driving Cardles from heaven. But with you driving Cruz Bramac, you've got to overcome gate eight, turn it ups off the front row. This is going to be a big challenge for you. Yeah, it is, Chris. Um, like you said, turn it up's got their big advantage this week. And with Cruz off the back row, you know, has, he's got really good gate speed. So that's taken out of play. So... Um, turn it up's probably going to find the front and he'll be very hard to run down from there. We haven't seen the free-for-allers over the past couple of weeks, so they obviously haven't stood up. How's Cruz Bromack been since that last start victory when he did heated with turn it up? Yeah, his work's been really good, Chris. Um, we sort of just potted along with him the last week or so and that race didn't go off the ground last week. So um, we've got a bit of work into him this week and um, Scott drove him this morning since he's been back from holiday, so... Um, he said his work is really good this morning. So, yeah, happy with uh, the way he is at the moment. OK. Do you have to do much with a horse like Cruz Bramack? He's 10 years of age. He's He's been around the block a few times. Do you have to do much with him, or is it all about management? Uh, it's all about management. When he's sort of up and racing, Chris, he's just got to keep him sort of on target for those races. And as you know, he's, he's been there and done that. So when you go out on the track with him, he... He knows um, how to work himself, so he's a pretty easy horse to work. Okay. Just with the race on Saturday night, we've mentioned Turn It Up. He looks probably the leader here. At this early stage, how do you sort of play it with uh, Cruz Bramack? Do you stay on the fence or do you try and get off the fence as soon as possible? I'll have a talk to Shannon and see what she she wants done with him. But, you know, at this stage, you sort of got to hunt through and hopefully he might end up three fence and... Um, as you know, when, when these races are run with a walk and a sprint, as it looks like it might be again on Saturday, the fence is a big advantage. So as long as he's running on and he's got a couple of uh, good races coming up in the next two weeks, um, we'll be happy. OK. And, and, and when you look at that field, there doesn't look like there's a real enforcer in the race that's going to maintain the pressure. So being on the pegs is probably a, a good spot. Yeah, it is. But the one that we follow out, you know, probably up against this field again this week. So, hey, he's going to need a lot of luck from there, but a very, uh, very great pickup drive. So can't thank everyone enough. Okay. So with those uh, features just around the corner with the Summer Carnival and with doubt on Adam, you'll be happy to maintain or, or retain the drive after the weekend? <laughs> that, that, uh, <laughs> I'd be very lucky too. But um, as, as I said, I'm very lucky to be picking up the drive. And if they want someone else on for the next, you know, the, the next couple of big races, hey, I'm, I'm glad I've got the drive on him because he's such a, a special horse and, um, you know, he's a big part of our stable. So, no, like I said, I'm the, a massive opportunity to drive a, a New Zealand Cup winner and a horse of his calibre. Well, you're only 22. You've got a Group 1 victory against your name. Are you looking, uh, looking and are you hungry for more drives? Yeah, that's right, Chris. It's been a bit of a struggle probably last couple of months after that Group 1 drive, I had a bit of unfortunate luck. I got suspended a couple of times there and sort of lost between a month and six weeks of racing. And um, as the field numbers have dropped a little bit the last probably six weeks, it's been very hard to pick up drives. But probably in the last month or so, I've picked a lot of drives up for Grant and Trista and they've been massive um, over the last probably three or four weeks. 
and since I've arrived in Queensland, they've been very, um, very good in putting putting me on those five point claimers that they have engaged in races. And um, I think I've got four or five drives in this week, so um, I can't thank Grant, Grant and Trista enough for them putting me on each week. Okay, so you've got the five point claim. Are you prepared to go to all tracks? Yeah, that's that's right, Chris. You know, went to Redcliffe last night for one drive. So if the drives drives are there and um, and they're willing to put me on, I'm I'm willing to travel. So as they say. Okay, excellent. Now, speaking of your Group One winner, Wee Man Trouble, is he close to a racetrack return? Um, he's not, Chris. He actually um, injured his back leg again um, just after the carnival, and um, he's had a bit of time off probably the last two months anyway, and. Um, he's probably going to be back in work probably in the next month or so if everything is all clear with with that league. So he'll he'll be getting ready for that sort of carnival again next year. Okay. When does Shannon head home from Sydney? Uh, I think they're home getting home Monday. So they've got a few runners in on tonight and Saturday night is the last night that they'll be racing. So, yeah, they'll be heading home Monday. Okay. Well, best of luck on Saturday night. It's a great pickup drive with Cruz Bramac in the open, which is race number four. Best of luck there and continued success. Hopefully uh, there's a few more winners just around the corner and who knows, maybe another group one as well. All righty. Thanks, Chris. Cheers for the chat. There's Luke Whitaker joining us. So uh, only a young guy, Steve, 22 mm. years of age, but he's got that Group 1 victory against his name and he's hungry for more drives. Absolutely. There's lots to talk about this morning with Matty Young, who's about to join us. And, of course, there were several highlights, weren't there, particularly Gary Hall uh, last Friday night at Gloucester Park, Chris. Yeah, absolutely. And that's a great starting point as well. Matty, good morning. He's with us now, Chris. Matty, good morning. Morning to you, boys. Gary Hall Jr., seven winners on that 10-race program. Um, does he still surprise you with what he can do? Absolutely. Um, I had him on my show on Tuesday and asked him a question of about uh, his form over the last few months and blah, 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 and he was able to, you know, um, say how he gave himself a bit of a speech and thought that he wasn't driving at the top level anymore. He was just sort of going through the motions that came a bit complacent. So he became quite aware of uh, needing to improve, he thought, which is a scary uh, scary thing to think of with uh, how talented he is and he's one of the best drivers in the country and even in the world. So uh, he's been making a real point to try and improve his craft and take every drive one at a time, and uh, the way he's been thinking in his races, you can just see it. He's just been absolutely sublime, uh, the way he works through the races and keeps his opposition uh, behind him and held up. He's just an absolute master, and it's scary to think that he could have possibly improved with how good he already was. He's now 40 years of age. He turned 40 earlier this year. Um, that drive on Tricky Mickey last week, if you need any sort of uh, evidence to prove how, how good his skill set is, look no further than that replay. That was just an absolute masterclass. Yeah, there was a split-second decision to be able to try and get off the pegs and into the clear, and he just mastered it from behind the leader to three wide, pushing Chris Voke out all in the while driving the horse out. He was. Uh, it was an absolute pleasure to watch and if you took the uh, 290 or $3 about Tricky Mickey you would have been stoked with 
how uh, that drive unfolded. And I feel for Mitch Miller, who was in front, who did everything he could to keep him behind him and make sure he couldn't get into the clear. And I think he looked sideways at the 120 and saw Junior out three wide, and he would have just been thinking, how? Yeah, yeah, it's a fair point. Uh, it was just unbelievable, uh, that drive on Tricky Mickey, a horse that you did tip as well last week. I'll ask this question because a few people over here have asked me in the last couple of days, who's the biggest threat to Gary Hall Jr. in the driving ranks over there? Is it Chris Lewis, who's in the, the twilight of his career, or is it one of the young guns like uh, Emily Savalco, uh, maybe Chris Voke, who won the Oaks recently? Who's the, the, the number two seat over there in the driving ranks? Uh, Aiden DeCampo, I think, is the number two seed. He's he's outstanding, and um, he's got a great career ahead of him. So I think um, he has a lot of elements that are similar to Junior in the way that he drives. So he's clearly number two, in my opinion. And uh, I think uh, at his best, he's right up there with Junior. Uh, when he, he just doesn't drive as much as Junior. He's focused on the training side of things. But for a person of his calibre to be able to train at the calibre that he can and still drive so well, um, that's truly remarkable and it's very rarely seen. So is Aidan DeCampo a lot like Justin Prentice? Very skilled driver in their own right, but they're focusing more on the training aspect. Uh, Aidan mainly just drives his own. He's quite happy to drive his own and that's it. He's got a big team, so he's got plenty to think about, about the training side of things. And uh, he does pick up some drives here and there, but um, not as much as Junior goes looking for them. But yeah, Aidan is clearly number two, in my okay. eyes at least. Fair enough. Speaking of Justin Prentice, Gary Hall Jr., uh, am I right in saying they lost one of their stars recently, the star two-year-old Valedictorian? Yeah, he um, was found, unfortunately, dead in the paddock. And, yeah, very, very sad. Mm. Um, a horse that was um, involved with our Harness the Dream over here in WA and uh, new owners for the first-time owners, getting a horse that won a Group 1. And they had a, an amazing ride for a few months. But it just goes to show you the highs and lows of racing. Yeah, absolutely. And the other question I've got to ask in relation to Junior, because I put this to Steve earlier in the week, that was the first time Junior drove seven winners at a Gloucester Park meeting. First time he's driven seven winners at a meeting. He came very close. I think it was either earlier this year or late last year. He was on an odds-on favourite. I think it was the final race of the program. Who was the horse that got beaten a very short margin to deny him seven winners that night? I'm not sure. Was it Chicago Bull? Yeah, it was. (laughs) Fancy him letting you down. <laughs> I, I think I do remember that because that was a joke for a little while after that bully let him down for the first time ever. Yeah, yeah. So there you go. Yeah. I, I tell you what, this... Oh, sorry, Steve. I was just going to say, I'm just watching that Jumping Jack Mac replay, even that drive, three fence and ugly spot, got through and won. Just on Leverage Joe, the favourite, he was wide a long way from home, but he was brave. What did you make of that last week? Yeah, he was, good, he was a good run. It's just... Um, Hard to make ground off the track, and he was pushed wider and wider, and he kept on coming. And he's just a horse that's better on speed. So uh, I see him being there on Friday night. All right. You can tell the carnival's fast approaching. This meeting tomorrow night is an absolute ripper. There's stars everywhere at this card tomorrow night. So um, where do you want to focus? Do we start on the free-for-all? Wild West back in action. The the pacing cup winner from earlier this year. He had that uh, uh, dismal stay in Sydney with the McCarthy. So he's back over there with Gary Hall Sr. Any expectations here tomorrow night for him? Uh, Look, I... I think he was pretty unlucky in these races in Sydney, but uh, he's a horse that does prefer the bigger tracks. And I think first up, he's probably a big watch to see how he goes, especially with Diego drawn in one. 
Diego's eight from eight when leading, and his form this preparation has been outstanding. So I'm expecting him to go pretty close, and I think he's the one that can topple Magnificent Storm. So you're tipping Diego? I am tipping Diego, yep. Okay, all right, there you have it, Steve. So Magnificent Storm, who's third up, expected to face a stern opposition from Diego, who's a very good front runner. Uh, what about uh, the rest of this program? Uh, what else did you want to focus on, Matt? Because uh, there's some really nice four-year-olds stepping out here. There is some really nice four-year-olds. Uh, I like the three-year-old race in race number three on the card. Uh, Bean Scooten is a horse that's uh, really improving, coming through the classes really well. He's got the perfect draw, and I think he can show his best. So with the derby coming up, I think um, I think he's a big chance to be able to get the victory tomorrow night. So he interests me a lot. Swing band dropping in grade a bit. So be interesting to see how he goes. But yeah, that that's a race that I'm really interested in. And uh, all throughout the night, there's just talent galore. So as you mentioned, it's just going to be a fantastic meeting. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, nominations or applications closed. I think it was yesterday for the Nullarbor, the slot race over there. Have you heard any word on on how that played out yesterday? Yeah, I haven't heard about uh, how the nominations ended up with uh, the slots, but, yeah, it did close yesterday, and uh, from reports going into it was there was a fair amount of interest. So, yeah, looking forward to that news coming out probably in the next few days to week. Chris, you must have been reading my mind because that's the question I was going to ask is uh, when when are they drawn out? When, When can they start choosing these horses? Because it's April, isn't it? Yeah, it's not far away, and that'll come quick. So, um, yeah, as Matt said, probably only a couple of weeks away from finding out who the successful applicants were. So they closed yesterday. So it'll be interesting to see if it's all uh, local uh, people that have bought those slots or was there any sort of uh, interest from the East Coast. So we'll wait and see. But uh, pleasing to know that there was really good interest, as you would expect for a race of that sort of prize money. Now, Matt, the other question I wanted to ask about, uh, just with uh, the derby coming up, is Tricky Mickey the, the horse to beat? Absolutely. He's um, he's come through the preparation so well, and it's what we expect from Justin Prentice, is that he's able to really um, get his horses firing at the right stage, and this horse is going as good as anything as a three-year-old, and if not better. Um, he's probably faster than he is tough, so uh, it'll be interesting to see how he's driven, but... Um, barrier draws will play a part in creating the way that the race is going to go but yeah, if you're owning Tricky Mickey you'd be pretty happy with yourself right now Okay, and the other one uh, this was for Demi earlier in the week uh, the Bond Stable, are they a little quiet at the moment? Uh, they seem to be a little bit quiet but they'll have a few horses start to crank up towards the uh, end of this month I'd say and get towards we've seen, uh, there's a couple there tomorrow, Ideal Agents come back and you've got uh, I'm a Rockabilly Rebel and also Tenzing Bromax so a couple of smart horses are starting to come back. Alright well there's plenty to look forward to. Any other questions Steve? Uh, Mount Barker you're calling on Sunday? Do you hear Mount Barker? <laughs> no I'm at Collie, <laughs> your favourite track. Oh you're at Collie on Sunday? Yeah I'm at Collie. Uh, okay not a tab meeting? Yeah it's a tab. It is. is it? Okay. Yeah. Alright just wanted yeah. to rise or I couldn't see it. Um, what about next Tuesday? Cup day is there a meeting for you next Tuesday? Uh, there was, but I've elected to go to a studio shift in the morning just so I could uh, have uh, a lunch with my wife and a few friends. So, uh, yeah, I've elected to have cup day off. Mm. Yeah, that's a standard bread meeting, of course. I'm looking at, at the riser site for the gallops, and I wonder I couldn't find it. Yeah. So that's Collie Trots, isn't it? It is Collie Trots. Thank you. Thanks, Matt. <laughs>
Cheers, boys. Matty Young joining us.